Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are now certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our best lives by telling one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everyone. This week on the podcast, we are happy to welcome Erin Claire Jones. Erin is a leadership coach that specializes in human design. For anyone unfamiliar with human design, it is described as the science of understanding yourself. Erin works with startups all over the world, supports executives in the building of companies, and even works with partnerships and small teams in order for them to operate more harmoniously and effectively. Human design sheds light on your emotional, psychological, and energetic makeup, giving you the self-awareness and tools to align with your nature and step into your highest potential in every area of your life. It is a synthesis of ancient wisdom, astrology, the I Ching, the chakras, the Kabbalah, with modern science, quantum physics, and genetics. Erica and I both received blueprints in our human design from Erin, and we're going to go over a few of the things we learned about ourselves. Erin also breaks down our human design foundational types in the episode and goes into an in-depth explanation of what it is, the five different foundational types, and how it works. I am a generator. Some of the things that resonated most with me about my blueprint were really allowing my gut responses to guide me in decision-making. I also learned that my best way of processing information is independently and what to be aware of when it comes to my biggest distractions. So what did you learn from your um, blueprint? Well, this blueprint was so illuminating and really blew me away. Whereas generators like you, Allie, respond from their gut, my human design type is a projector and we rely on our intuition, which I have been really trying to lean into since this conversation. One thing it also clarified for me is that as a projector, we need to wait for an invitation before using our gifts. And my blueprint really clarified that an invitation does not need to be formal. An invitation is just something that gives you a clear sense that your energy is being requested. So it can be a question or a glance or just like a intuitive feeling that you have. And if any of this is confusing, don't worry because we're going to break this all down in the episode and go over the three other design types. We learned a lot from this experience with Erin and hope you enjoy the episode. Erin has also offered our listeners the opportunity to receive up to 10% off their personal blueprints with the code Courageous Wellness. Please go to erinclairjones.com slash blueprint and use the code to get 10% off and share with us what you learned about yourself. You can find the direct link in our show notes. Enjoy the episode. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Guys, I am so excited to share our new sponsor, Milk and Honey, with you because I have been using their baking soda-free deodorant exclusively for over two years. 
This gentle, aluminum-free, baking soda-free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. When I decided that I wanted to make the switch to a clean, aluminum-free deodorant, I tried so many different brands, and each and every time I was plagued with those red, itchy bumps under my arm on top of not feeling confident whatsoever that I did not smell. Milk and Honey not only never once gave me those pesky little red bumps, but also passed the smell test, even after some of LA's toughest workout classes. This is my ride or die deodorant, and we are so excited to partner with them. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female founded and funded brand. And in addition to clean deodorant, they also carry non-toxic bath, body and skincare products like hydration creams, cleansers, soaps, body polish, and lots more that will make you feel nourished inside and out. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. We have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune-boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy-boosting treat to a health-enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom-filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee, and even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout, and there's also a direct link in our show notes. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. We're so excited to jump in and learn all about human design. Um, So to get started, can you share with us how you came to this work? What is your personal journey to human design? And what is it for any of our listeners who are unfamiliar? It's a great question. So human design is a system that like astrology is based on your exact time, date, and place of birth. And the idea is that it gives us our energetic DNA. So it helps us understand how we're meant to make decisions, communicate, cultivate relationships, work within teams, literally all the things. And there are about 2 billion different configurations. So it like everyone's actually incredibly different. And it often just really gives us both the self-knowledge, but like the very actionable tools to really step into our own uniqueness. So I've been working with human design since 2015. It was definitely not a thing that I like could have anticipated finding my way into. Um, but I basically was introduced to it very serendipitously. I was, I live in New York and I was sitting at a gathering in 2015 and a guy sat next to me and looked at my human design on his phone and basically just started like telling me all this stuff about myself. And he'd been studying it for years. And, you know, he ended the conversation by being like, you know, one, you would be amazing at this work. And two, like we would be amazing working together. And I was like, what is going on? And so, um, you know, and so I ended up, he introduced me to d- deeper layers of it. And I ended actually ended up working with him for a couple of years, really building 
a company bringing human design to teams. And But to just backtrack a little bit, I think that I've always been into personal development on so many different ways. And I think, and then I've also worked with a lot of startups and worked with a lot of companies and just like consistently observed a lot of dysfunction with the teams that I was working with. And so I kind of was juggling these two worlds of my own path and like the business work. And I think human design just bridged the two. It basically like gave me, I was like, oh my God, this is a system that not only can support individuals and really transforming into their highest potential, but it's also tactical and grounded enough that I can bring it into companies and support teams and kind of engineering teams based on it. So there was just an actionable like simplicity to it that I so appreciated and had never found before. Um, And it's been such a journey sharing it. It wasn't like I started sharing it. It was like, great. Everything's perfect. You know, it was like when I first started sharing it, no one had any idea what I was talking about. It was so foreign. I was seen as like a total weirdo and it's just been required a lot of trust and just like consistently showing up. And it really has taken off in the past two or three years. I think when the awareness of human design has grown in a big way. That's really interesting. You know, I think there are so many, um, sort of personality assessments, if you will, out there, like Myers-Briggs, you know, I've through different work over time, I've even had employers ask me to take them, right, to sort of, to um, sort of assessment of who you are and how you maybe thrive in a business environment. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like human design sort of, like you said, bridges that sort of business component or, or can be useful as a business tool, but also with more of a, I don't know if the word is spiritual or what it might be, but it's something that is unique, like with sort of astrological components. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, what I like to say is that like it is esoteric and it's like foundations because it does come from our birth information, but the information itself, exactly like you said, is like so tactical, so grounded. Like I go into businesses and they're expecting me to talk about like the planets and the things. And I'm like, you know, you make decisions like this and you work best within small teams. I'm like, oh, so I think that like, even though the information kind of comes from this like unknown place in some ways, it is so simple, so tactical, so actionable. And just to clarify, you know, astrology does play a role as does the Kabbalah, the I Ching, the chakra system, quantum physics, genetics, biochemistry, like human design is kind of seen as a quantum system and that it kind of pulls elements from so many different systems. Okay. That's a good, I think that's a good way to wrap your head around it. If anyone, if anyone has never heard of it before, what is like in a, in a sentence, what would you sort of describe it as or in a couple of sentences? Yeah. I think honestly, it's like, it's our blueprint. It's just like, we basically come into this life without an operating manual and human design like gives us the manual, you know? And like in a way that it actually can make our lives so much easier because I think we spend so much of our lives trying to be all the things that we're not. And human design just returns us to who we are to return this to who we are. And I know this is so more than a sentence, but one other piece I would add is that I think um, my experience in sharing human design is that I'm often not telling people stuff they don't know. It's not like this foreign language where they're like, oh, like, wow, I never saw that. It's like all the stuff that they do know and have like never given themselves permission to step into. And human design just gives them the language and the framework to be like, oh my God, yeah, that's me. And like, wow, that's like what makes me magical. And like, how can I step into it even more? It's very interesting. And I think, I think, Many people are unfamiliar with it, and I'm, mm-hmm. we're so excited. We're going to get into our charts and hopefully learn about all the different um, things you can learn about yourself through a human design chart reading. Um, but it's also a newer 
discovery, right? Like it's, it's Mm -hmm. not as ancient as maybe astrology. So can you talk a little bit about how it was discovered and how it kind of came into the general population? Yeah, of course. It's a very, you know, mystical story and which is why I love sharing it with companies. They're always like, what? So it's only been around since 1987. So it's so new compared to basically most things. Um, it was totally channeled, meaning like it was just received by one person. It wasn't like coming from us studying humans because so much of human design is not only the stuff that we're conscious of, but it's like all the energetics and stuff that's underneath the surface. So the founder, he's, who's no longer alive, but his name is Ra Uhuruhu. He was living in Ibiza. He, had, he was Canadian and he was walking home to his house one night and basically heard a voice and the voice was like, it's time to work. And so for basically eight days and eight nights, he channeled the system. It was like, and then spent the next 20 years building it out. And part of what I love about him also as a teacher is that like, he's also not very woo woo. He's like, not this like super esoteric. It was just so kind of unexpected receiving it in that way. And I think he makes it so grounded. Um, But again, it's such a kind of mystical thing. And it's like, we don't always know exactly where it came from and how it works the way that it does. But like my experience and I've worked with thousands of people now is just like the resonance is so deep. And so like, I think what I always remind people is that like, you don't have to believe it. I'm not trying to convince you of a thing. It's just like, what matters is whether or not it's helpful. And like what I hear over and over again is like, it's just so helpful, you know, and just so validating. And so like, that's what just like propels me forward. Great. Thank you for that. And I think that's a good way for anybody who's like completely new to this concept to really understand the purpose of it, right? Like why, why, why human design? Why use it? And um, it seems like it has these really practical applications. So I'm curious over the course of your work, when you go in to you go into different corporations, you go into different startups, as you said, um, how do you, obviously this is sort of like an individual reading type of thing, but then once you give these readings, how do you, is there a way to configure the information you have on maybe any given group of people to, to create like a cohesive team perhaps mm-hmm. that can function well? Like what are the other sort of um, steps that come out of using people's human design? Yeah. I mean, there's so many layers. Like I'm doing a team session this afternoon. And I think what's so cool with the team stuff is like, yes, we all have our individual designs and that's such an essential piece to dive into. But then if you're looking at co-founders or romantic partners, you can layer two charts on top of each other and start to see like, what is your collective dynamic? Like what happens when you come together? Where do you trigger each other? Like who sets the emotional tone in the relationship? Who sets the communication? So like, it just, again, like surfaces so much energetic stuff that allows people to kind of really like own their uniqueness and honor each other's differences and not like try to be the same. And similarly on a team level, like you can literally like put together a collective of five or six people and start to see like, where are all the biggest gaps in the team? Like, you know, and who can we bring in to fill those gaps? Like who's going to trigger who? So it's just like these very simple things where it's like, how can you actually just like engineer a fully functional team and make sure that they carry all the necessary pieces. So there are actually so many aspects beyond the individual chart that really allows us to see kind of these collective and partnership dynamics. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, it makes me want to do it with my husband. Oh my gosh, so fun with partners. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, so to get into it now, I know you're going to talk us through our individual charts, um, which we don't know anything about. I think all I know is that I think we know our type. So maybe before we begin, you can talk to us about there's four different types of Five, five different yes. types of human design that you can be. See, we're learning with our listeners right now. Um, five different types of human design that you can be. 
I know Allie and I are two different ones. So hopefully that'll be interesting for people to learn, especially if they are um, what we are. And then afterwards we can go into the other three types maybe as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, you can kind of take us away in how, what it looks like to get your chart read and learn about yourself through human design. Yeah. And just to, you know, explain, there's like so many pieces to it. So it's like, there's just so many layers. So if you hear it and you're like, oh my God, like I resonate with a couple pieces or a couple types, like that's normal. Like it just, we're not giving you the full picture because like you really got to look at your unique chart, but highest level in human design, there are five different types. So there are manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. So Allie, you are a generator and Erica, you are a projector. So I'm going to start with generators. I'm going to talk a little bit about manifesting generators now too, just because they have so many similarities. So basically generators and manifesting generators are the ones that are like the energy and the life force to kind of make things happen. They like, they're here to kind of wake up in the morning with like a full tank of energy to kind of use up their energy in super satisfying ways and then kind of crash and wake up, recharge. If they haven't like fully exhausted their tank, they might go to bed and just feel like depleted because they're like, I did stuff that didn't even feel very satisfying. Or they might feel restless because they're like, I haven't actually used up my energy. Like I did a session with a woman in San Francisco and she's like, sometimes I go to bed and I ask my boyfriend to just wrestle with me because like I haven't used up all my energy that day and I've got to just like get it out, you know? And so there's like this amazing just like energy and life force and vitality that you carry, Allie. And the idea is that when you're really committing your energy to both relationships and projects and this podcast, things that really light you up and give you energy, you basically are creating energy for everyone around you. And so it's actually like so of service to be a little bit selfish and honoring exactly what your desires are. And often both these types have a lot of lessons to learn around boundaries. Like because they have this amazing vitality and life force, people can want to take advantage of it. And not in like a malicious way, but it's like, oh, can you handle this? And can you do this? And I want to be around your magnetic energy. And so for you to just know that like you are only meant to be available for things that you like truly are excited about. And then just the difference very quickly with manifesting generators, they often thrive when they have their energy in a lot of things at once. These people are kind of multi-passionate by nature. They're like, I'm a mom, I'm a lawyer, I own a dance studio. They're like meant to be all the things. And like, and often other people can see them as a little bit scattered, but their gift is kind of having all the balls in the air um, and moving very quickly. And then for you, Allie, it really is like, I'm going to focus on this one thing. And then when it's time, I'll move on to the next one. Um, And the last piece I would share is just that every type will have a strategy and your strategy is basically all around magnetism. The idea is that you're not really meant to chase after anything. Like life is just meant to come to you. And the more you do what you love, the more will show up. And your work is to kind of just tune into your gut and kind of see what you're responding to in your environment. Wow, that's so interesting. And how I does that all land for you? I was gonna say I really resonate a lot with that. Um, I feel like I've just started to tap into that in the last few years, really since I hit my 30s, I would say, with the idea of instead of like chasing after stuff, that's not always the best use of my energy. Where like when I'm a little bit more at ease with whatever project I'm working at or on or whatever project I feel passionate about in the, t- in the moment, which I, it is true. I like, once I've completed something, I'm ready to just do something new. But, um, I, I find it easier and more successful to not push so hard for things and to really like let, let things flow as I'm putting my attention on it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. You know? And I think there's so much conditioning of like, we've got to push and make it happen and manifest. And like, for you, it's just like, you're meant to just like do the things you enjoy and just like let the things come and your work is to pay attention to what's actually showing up. But often people feel like a little bit guilty, but that's actually like how things are meant to flow in the best way for you. Yeah. Go ahead, Erica. Sorry. I, no, I was going to say, I have a question too, because you mentioned, right? Like she has a strategy. So could you yeah. be a generator? 
like Allie, but then have a different strategy? Is that part? No. no. So all generators so, have the same strategy. Exactly. So the type, so in terms of type and strategy, strategy is always based on your type. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. I absolutely resonate with that. But like you said, it's getting in touch with my gut. I think like the more I've come into that sort of, um, mindset or just like really tapped into my intuition and making decisions and, um, even like business decisions, personal relationship stuff, I, I feel better. Like Mm -hmm. since I've moved into that space in my life, things have really started to align much more easily. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, what you said in, in the beginning when you were like, Oh, working with different teams and noticing that like some people you're trying, you're trying to do things that maybe you're not, um, best suited for, but you're like, you know what I mean? It's like not really living in what your, um, sort of authentic either skill set or just natural, um, talents or powers might be within the context of a group even, um, sometimes it's not the best use of your energy. And so I think the more I've become aligned with how I work best or just sort of mm-hmm. be best in the world, um, that's, I've become more sort of what you've explained, like more in touch with what you just explained. Yeah. And I think often like what I love about human design is just like, again, it's not unfamiliar to people. Like when they're doing work on themselves, when they're self-aware, it's just like, they're already like going to find their way there. Like, I think at some point we shouldn't need human design. You know what I mean? Because, but I think at this point, it's just like, it's really helpful to bring us back on track. And even with parents, like parenting kids based on their human design and giving them that permission from such an early age. So I think that at this point it, it can serve as such a tool, but like you said, it's like when you're doing the work, then like this stuff is going to happen organically. Um, and then just one comment on the gut. So you know, I talked about the type, the strategy for you, but also every type is going to have an authority, and all those are different, and that's basically how we make decisions. And so your authority, Ali, is all around your gut response. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's so much talk out there like follow your gut, listen to your gut. I'm like, I don't have a gut response. Like I don't even know what that feels like, Erica. I don't know if you feel like you do. We'll talk about it, but like you're not really designed to use your gut either. But the idea for you, Allie, is like it's like a visceral feeling in your belly and that is meant to like always be your guide. It's like an expansion or contraction and like it's not a thing that you can explain. And so, so much of the work is kind of getting out of your head and into your gut to kind of make instantaneous decisions as soon as you get that gut response. Yeah, absolutely. And the second I started listening to it, it has not led me astray. But when I ignored it, it did. So I definitely, I definitely, definitely relate to that. Mm-hmm. And like even just one small tool, and then we can go into Erica, is that like to help Allie access her gut response, it's useful to ask her super specific questions. So giving her options, giving her things to respond to. So like, would you want to talk to this guest or this guest? Do you want to eat this or this? Like kind of like giving her options to get her out of her head and like straight into her body is such a powerful way to communicate there. Thank you. That's helpful. That's exciting. <laughs> I'm excited after the episode too, to just like dive in more now. It's really, it's really fascinating. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Now I'm, I'm really interested in hearing Erica's too, because, okay. because she's my partner. She's your partner. And, and you guys are such different types. And honestly, like the generator, my business partner, I'm a projector like you, Erica, and my business partner is a generator like Allie. Like it's actually such a good combination because you guys just bring such different energies to the table. So projectors are the next type projectors are really like they don't aren't meant to have the same like consistent access to just like energy and stamina to like build and do and create like as projectors like your gift is really in the way that you see the world these people are very natural leaders guides teachers and advisors they're just not here to do all the doing so so much of your work as a projector is learning how to honor the ebbs and flows of your energy like really leveraging the energy when it's there and resting when it's not 
I know that I was so conditioned to be like a generator and manifesting generator, especially just like working at all the startups. I was like, I can hustle. That's my worth. And like so much of being a projector is knowing that like your worth is not and how hard you're working or how much you're doing. And it's really like in the way that you see the world. Um, the kind of joke, but reality is that projectors are meant to work like three hours a day, which I know is like not always feasible maybe or, or even desirable, but it really is that um, it's just knowing, again, it's not about like doing, doing, doing all the time. Projectors can be very wise about people and energy. They're very sensitive to energy. So they often make really amazing CEOs or managers. A lot of projectors are podcast hosts asking questions or even like therapists, coach, psychologists. So kind of really like guiding other people's energy, asking questions, so aware in that way. And they often love to understand systems as well. So the strategy for projectors is all about waiting to kind of be recognized and invited in. So rather than like chasing after something again and trying to make something happen, it's actually waiting for somebody to like recognize you and see you and invite you in to share your gifts. Like you don't need an invitation when it comes to like, you know, moving to a new city or like studying a new modality. But like when it involves like working with someone or dating someone or living with someone, like that's where that invitation piece is so key. And I think the last piece I'd share on that is when I first discovered as, as an entrepreneur, I was just like, how in the world am I supposed to build a business like with an invitation as my strategy? And I think like I've learned that my job as a projector is just to make myself visible. It's basically to just like let people know that I exist in a very broad way, whether it's through podcasts or newsletters or talks and just like let the right people resonate with my energy. But the minute I try to like reach out and like manifest and just like push, it's just like, it's too much for people, you know? And so kind of like that has actually been such a successful and fun strategy for me building business. So Erica, how does that all feel to you? That it's so interesting because, you know, I think when I read a little bit about projectors, I think I definitely relate to a lot of it. Um, a lot of it. And I do find that I'm much better at working in shorter, like bursts. committed bursts of time. Yeah. Like yeah. I can work really hard for, like you said, like three or four hours, but then I do kind of, I like to like go take a lunch, or, you know, go do yoga. Like I like to, um, kind of recharge a little bit. Um, but I can be really, really focused, um, for like, a, sh a short, intense period of time. Um, yeah, it's interesting that waiting for the invitation, I think is a challenge <laughs> in society because, um, but I have found that, like you said, I do sense and I'm really sensitive to people's energy. And I think what can get me in trouble sometimes is like saying what's on my mind. You know, like, I don't know how to describe it, but I think if you wait for the invitation to say what you're being aware of, as opposed to just exactly. like saying what you're aware of, exactly. it's probably way less offensive, but um, I'm pretty spot on with people's energies and intentions, um, unless I'm being emotional, which is interesting. Yeah. That's why I'd be interested to see like Ali is the gut, but where does the projector yes. kind of respond from? Because I'm pretty spot on with people unless I'm coming from an emotional place. And that's when it can be a little, um, yeah. you know, if I'm putting my emotions into it instead of just the true um, mm -hmm. hit I'm getting about a person or a situation or a thing. Um, so yeah, I'm interested. Where does that part come from? Yeah. And it's also actually not even associated with type. So um, a couple of pieces, just based on what you're saying, it's like, we all have different ways of communicating and different voices in human design, but your voice comes like straight from your intuition. It's just like this, just like knowing. And again, like it can be a little bit penetrating and intense if people aren't ready to hear it. So again, kind of just making sure your audience is receptive kind of ensures they're going to like hear it. 
but your decision-making is actually all from your intuition. And so intuition is different than the gut response. Gut response is like that visceral feeling in your belly. Um, and for you, it's all about this just like instantaneous knowing, this hit that you have, this just like whisper that you hear, like resonance, tickles, like it's not even like in a certain place in your body. It's just like the spontaneous knowing. And the idea is as soon as you get that hit, as soon as you get the knowing, like your work is to just act on it. Even if you have like literally no idea where it's going to take you. You know, I'm a projector and my decision making is all about my emotions and all about like feeling into things and sleeping on things and giving myself like a full three days before I commit to a big decision. Whereas for you, it's like, I know in the moment I'm going to act, you know? And so for Allie, she has that intuition too. She has a very strong intuition. So that's going to feed into her gut response. And they're hopefully going to tell you the same thing, but the gut is going to be the thing that trumps it for you, Allie. Um, the one other piece I would share for you, Erica, is like, because the emotional piece that you mentioned, we all have different areas in our design where we're kind of the most sensitive to taking in other people's energy. And one of the areas in which you guys are actually both very sensitive to taking in other people's energy is your emotions. And so you can kind of take in other people's emotions and experience it like in an amplified way and like more intensive than they do. And so often if you're feeling overly emotional, it might not always be your stuff. You might just be amplifying like other people's stuff, like your partner's stuff, like friend's stuff, whatever it is, what's happening in the world. And so it's so right on that you said of not making a decision from like a hyper-emotional place is going to be key for both of you mm. or based on kind of someone else's emotional experience. Yeah. I really relate to that. <laughs> I take yeah. in a lot of stuff. That's been a real lesson for me in the last couple of years is like, figuring out what is mine and what isn't totally. mine to take in, which is um, still challenging, but it gets better as you use it as a muscle. My husband is also a projector. I Googled that. Mm. So I was like, that's kind of interesting that we're both um, projectors. <laughs> I was like, that's so interesting. I feel sure. like it's nice to have um, the compliment though with Allie and the generator. It's kind of like, I feel like Allie and I do really balance each other out like so much. Yeah, It's made for such a great partnership in work. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think that like, it's, you know, nice to be friends or be around people that have a similar type because there's just like a level of like resonance and understanding, but like often we are attracted to difference. And specifically when it comes to business, like I think your guys' combination is so great. Like when it's two projectors, when it comes to business, like they often have the most amazing ideas in the world, but it can be a little bit harder to like get all the things done, you know? And so it's just like, it, it's so we need all the different types and all the different energies. Do you resonate with Erica with that kind of intuitive piece that kind of just like I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm really intuitive. Um, I've always been since I was yeah. a child. Um, unfortunately I will say my mom is, I, I'm so curious as to what her type is. I'm going to look it up afterwards because yeah. she's always been very, um, spiritual and open in that way. And I think she really, um, kind of helped me go into that intuitive part, like not to be, um, as afraid of it. But yeah, I do feel like I, I definitely have that intuitive hit a lot. Yes. Amazing. And the work is just trusting it. So often for those people, the work is one getting quiet enough to hear it and then just being courageous enough to act once they do. Yeah. That's amazing. So what are the other types as well then? Right. So we have manifestors and reflectors are the ones we didn't cover. So manifestors are the ones that are really here to initiate and get things started. These are people that are here to like make the first move, make things happen. Um, often here to do all the initiating, but not necessarily to do all the doing. So they're here, like they have a lot of that creative energy to just like get something off the ground. Freedom and autonomy and control are so important for them. So it can be a little bit challenging if they're in an environment where they don't have control or freedom or autonomy. And so they can struggle a little bit at a company if they're being micromanaged in any way, because they really are here to do things on their own terms in their own way. But they really do thrive when they're just given freedom. It's like, this is your domain. Do what you please. Let us know how it goes. 
their strategy is all about initiating. So making the first move, whether that comes to dating or um, business and also about informing. And so what I mean by that is once a manifestor has decided to like do something, their work is to reflect on all the people that decision is going to impact and make sure they let them know and basically keep them updated. And then any questions on that before I talk about reflectors? Clear? Yeah. No, I'm just going through, like, now that I'm learning the different types and going through people in my life, like, hmm, I wonder what this exactly. is. Totally. And it's just, yeah. like, it's so useful to understand, like, looking up, like, my sister and the people that I work with and my partner and my, like, just, I mean, everyone in my life at this point, but, like, it just, like, creates such empathy and understanding because, like, my sister's a manifester and, like, understanding, and so is my mom. And, like, understanding that about them both has just been, like, giving me such a new framework to just, like, understand how they operate and, like, support them in that and not make them wrong for that or want them to be like more similar to me like my dad's a projector so it's always been like so easy with him you know and so just like kind of understanding those differences has been so useful we want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about a wellness brand that we really love it's called ned in 2019 we had co-founder adrian zimmerman on the podcast and he shared all about ned's commitment to providing the absolute best science-backed and nature-based solutions that offer holistic alternatives to prescription and over-the-counter medicine ned only grows the highest quality full-spectrum cbd that is extracted from organically grown hemp plants and sourced from an independent farm in colorado all products are absolutely non-psychotropic my favorite is Ned's Natural Cycle Collection, made for women by women for period support. I particularly love the Ned Soothe Salve, made with hemp oil and specially created to help soothe premenstrual discomfort so you can feel your best. The Natural Cycle Collection is slow crafted from seed to bottle and contains anti-inflammatories, balancing minerals, healing antioxidants, nourishing fatty acids, and revitalizing vitamins. Erica, what is your favorite Ned product? Well, I have to say that my favorite is the full spectrum hemp oil line. When I consistently take it, I notice a huge difference in my anxiety, sleep, and general mood. So I have made it part of my daily self-care routine. Every day I use the 750 milligram tincture and do two droplets under my tongue in the morning and in the evening. I also love applying the hemp infused body butter to my neck and shoulders before bed as I am winding down and always use my tincture as an alternative to any pain medication if I get hit with a headache. If you want to try out Ned and give their CBD a try for yourself, we have a special offer for the Courageous Wellness audience. Go to www.helloned.com slash podcast. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash CW podcast to get 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. We know you're going to love it. You can also find the direct link in our show notes and check out their full line of wellness products. Now back to the episode. So then we have reflectors. Reflectors are a little bit harder to like feel into and know who they are just because they're so like adapting all the time and very fluid. And so reflectors are kind of like our collective mirrors. These are people that take in everything in their environment and kind of mirror back and reflect it back and let us know how it's all going. And so often it's by being in the right space that they can kind of reflect back all the right stuff. And so it's so important for reflectors to like be in a city that feels good, be in a home that feels good, be in like an office that feels good. They're just taking in so much in their physical space. You guys actually both have that in your design too, that kind of sensitivity to your space, but it's just like very intense for a reflector. And they tend to just have like a very objective, powerful, like 
way of seeing the world. And so whenever I'm around a reflector, I'm literally like asking them questions all the time. It's like, but what do you see about this? And what do you feel about this? Because they're just kind of reflecting back their environment. And the last piece I would share about them is that they really have such a fluid identity. And again, this is a little bit true for both of you, but they're a little bit chameleon-like, meaning they might may not feel the same every day. And they're probably going to feel a little bit different depending on who they're around. And so mm-hmm. over the course of a month, they're going to have periods where they feel like a generator, like a manifesting generator, like a projector, like a manifester. And so their work is to kind of not put themselves into any box, but kind of let themselves be all the things and not just one thing. So interesting. I relate a little bit too to that last part of yes. the reflector, like it's, a lot yeah. where I'm very um, adaptable. Like, you know, yes. like I'm very adaptable. That's why I'm like, I feel like I have, I can, like, I have been that worker and my astrology is also like, um, I'm a Libra, but I'm a Capricorn rising. And so like the Capricorn is definitely like a worker, you know? So um, I have that. So it's just interesting to see how you can learn about your own design and then try to, I guess, be softer with yourself as well. Yeah. You know, and like, and I have the Capricorn on my chart too. And I've got like all those energies of projector, but just like learning that like it really is yeah, being softer and just giving yourself permission to operate differently. And that identity piece that is true in both of your designs, like we all have different areas, like I said, where we're sensitive. So one of the areas where you both are incredibly fluid is your identity, which means like you might be a little bit chameleon-like, you might feel different around different people, have different social groups. And the work for you is to not try to figure out who you are. Like the more helpful question is like, who am I today? You know what I mean? Like, and it might be different in a week from now, or it might be different a month from now or a year from now, but like my identity is always changing. And you guys are also both so sensitive to your physical space. So one of the best things that you can do is just choose to be in spaces that feel good. Like at making sure your homes feel good. Like if you're ever going to meet your studio, those things have to just feel so good because you're taking so much in that space. Making sure LA feels good wherever you are. Yeah. I, I can relate to that for sure. Like creating um, a physical space that I, that I'm in, it's my home, whatever it might be. It's really important to me. So cute. Because then it, it really has an effect on, I think, how I function and how I um, if I can thrive or not in whatever I'm doing. Totally. And it basically means that you like then attract in the right people, the right opportunities, the right experiences when you're actually in the right space. You know, like if you're going to have a meeting with somebody in, in the wrong space, it's so much harder for that thing to go well. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm curious. So like all we give you is our birth date yeah. and our birthplace, right? Yes. And, um, and the time. And time. Yeah. So basically, like, as if it was going to be an astrological chart. Yes. Um, birth chart. But what can you tell us? I know I'm sure it's like you've, you've said that it's quite intricate and that you can create these sort of like 30-page documents. But can you tell us in maybe a simplified way what goes into the process of, of creating someone's human design chart? Mm-hmm. It's kind of magical. Like, I'm going to be honest in that, like, I don't understand all the pieces. The idea is that, like, there's a software that when you plug in the information and lots of softwares online, like the exact time, date, and place of birth, based on, like, where the planets are and, like, what was going on when you were born, it kind of outputs this just, like, chart. And when you look at a human design chart, it's, like, in the shape of a body, and you'll see all these areas that are lit up within you and all these areas that are white and open. The areas that are lit up is basically just like your energy, the things you can rely on, the things that make you you. And the areas that are white are like all the areas where you're kind of taking in other people's energy. And so like, and it changes kind of minute by minute. And there are even like, when you look up your human design online, that's not even all of it. Like in the softwares that I go on, it goes into so many deeper layers. And so 
it's kind of endless in that way, but I would think of it more as just like based on like what was happening and where you were when you were born. It's just like that. It's just like your energetic imprint of the things that you can kind of rely on. And it doesn't put you in a box where it's like, okay, you're a generator. You can just be this thing, but it does actually share like how you can move through life in a way that's probably going to feel really good to you. And you're probably going to express yourself differently as you grow. But I think that like, these are the things, what our human design is like, this is that we can rely on that like makes us us. That's so interesting. And I think, so does that mean then that like we're both projectors, but we're going to have different elements in that, right? Like there's similarities, but we also have oh, yeah. different areas where we're, okay. Cause that's, I think that's totally. really interesting as well. And it is hard, I will say, because um, I feel like it is important if you are interested in human design to work and talk to somebody, because when I just, when you just Google your chart, you can find out, right, your type, but yeah, I wouldn't, I did not know how to read anything more than, than that. Over, yeah, it can be a little bit overwhelming because they see all this chart with colors and like you and I are like so different, you know, there's, there's some similarities, of course, projectors are actually like the most diverse of all types, but I think there's just like so many pieces that go into it. And I also think that some of the information online is like a little bit nutty. Like, you know, I think that like I have people come to me for sessions like, and I read this and I heard this. And so I just think that like, it's so important to get like a very grounded understanding of what it is, yeah. you know, and not just like piece by piece, just kind of making sense because like then people can get a little bit confused by it all. Completely. And that's so interesting. Cause as I mentioned, my husband and I are both projectors, but we're also so different. Um, we're also both Capricorn risings. I feel like him and I have so much like, me too. oh my God, that's so. So yeah, it's really interesting when you learn about yeah. like the people in your life, like learning about Allie and even astrologically, we complement each other so well. And, yeah, you know, like learning about my husband and I think from these like spiritual modalities, I think it's just really fascinating because it is a helpful tool to see how you like almost like mystically relate to each other. I don't know, but it, I don't know. I, I find it really awesome and comforting if that makes yeah. sense yeah well I think also what human design and especially when you compare it to like other systems where you're kind of like self-diagnosing and answering questions based on who you think you are like human design basically shows us all the parts of us that are like unconscious within us and that's just kind of like within our energy and it's so useful to know those things because like these are things I'm projecting out but not always aware of but often it's like what's attracting you the people around you so you can look at your partner and be like oh yeah these are all the things that like brought us together so there's just like so much unseen stuff that like is in our energy and what we're projecting out and what we're attracting in that I think human design just like helps us ground a little bit more and understand exactly what it is yeah do you ever do partnership readings like if with like if I wanted to come with my partner and and have would you do both of ours and then and then I'm also curious this is sort of like a two-part question do do people come multiple times to you if they're interested in learning about their human design or is it sort of like come get a chart read go go with the interpretation or is there sort of like this ongoing relationship with exploring that with with a professional like you yeah. So partnership, definitely. Um, partnership, I sit a lot with couples. I sit a lot with business partners, co-founders, because yes, we look at the individual piece because it's like, you've got to just understand the differences, but also we look at like how you really can just best support and function as a unit. You know, I think with my partner, it's been so 
validating just because we're so different, like in every part of our design and like understanding and having a language for those differences has like given us so permission, so much permission to step into it. I think we just get so tripped up when we kind of expect someone to be like different than what they are, more similar to us. But like when you're like, wow, she's really different and she operates in this way. I'm like, wow, he operates in this way. It's just so useful. So yes, the partnership stuff is amazing. It's some of my favorite like sessions to do. Um, And then in terms of the ongoing stuff, you know, honestly, it's both. Like my intention is really to like kind of equip people with the information they need to like integrate it into their own life. And so like I do have a lot of people we do one download, give them all the things and then like they'll maybe come back a year later to kind of just like keep integrating it or um, I have an offering called the blueprint, which is like a 30 page PDF. Sometimes people will just get that and have it be a resource manual. They can just keep returning to, but then I also have people that I sit with weekly, you know, and like, you know, and we talk about like how to parent and how to build their team and like, and so there's just like always deeper layers. And so if people desire to kind of talk through it and just really like keep integrating it in that way. Then like I do that with people as well. So it's really based on kind of where they are. I don't really pitch myself as like, there's a three month package or a six month package, you know, it's like if people just like desire to keep working together in that way, then like, I'm so supportive of that. And I think it's so useful, but I also, I don't require like you get three sessions, you know, people will often do one session to kind of get what they need. Yeah. And so unlike astrology then too, it's not necessarily predictive, right? Like a a lot of astrology, right. Can be predictive in your chart, but this is more of just understanding how you function and how you function with the people around you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I love about it. And I think that like, I think that I expected a little bit of like skepticism, like working with companies or things like this. And I was like, maybe it will like make them feel like they are in a box and they don't have a lot of freedom or agency, but like people can like express it and move through life in so many different ways that often it just feels like empowering because they're like, Oh, I can move through life in a way that feels better. But yes, it doesn't predict anything, which I also appreciate because people will come to me and they're like, okay, so like, what should I do for my career? And like, should I do this? And should I do this? And like the magic of human design is it's actually encouraging us to not give our authority to literally anyone but ourselves. It's just helping each person kind of tap into what their authority is. So for you, Erica, it's your intuition for you, Ali, it's your gut. Like for me, it's feeling into my emotions. So like, it's giving people the tools to know what's correct for them. Um, but not actually, I can't tell them what they're going to do with their lives. Yeah. And then I just have one more question too, because you said like, it, it's about like your authority, right? Allie, it's the gut. For me, it's my intuition. For anybody who, um, can you also say before I ask this question, what the others are just yeah, so that if anyone's listening, they're like, well, that's not me. Um, what are the other authorities for the other types? Mm-hmm. So one is emotional. And so I'm emotional. This is true. can be true for every type, but the reflector basically means that you might have a gut response. You might have an intuitive hit, but you're not designed to make decisions in the moment. It's really important to kind of sleep on things and really feel into things before you commit. There are some people that are designed to use their ego to basically always ask themselves like, do I have the willpower to do this? Do I really have the fortitude to do this? And like to make sure their heart isn't a decision. They're meant to be a little bit selfish and like make sure a decision like truly takes care of them. Um, there are some people that are what we call self-projected decision makers. And basically that means they need to just talk things out and verbally process and like their knowing comes out when they give it a voice. Um, there are some people where it's all about being in the right environment and that kind of gives them clarity. And then for reflectors, they have such a unique one in that they're really designed to give themselves a full 28 or 30 days before they make a big decision which always sounds like wild to me, but every reflector I talked to was like, I know totally hundred percent. I'm like, what? And so they basically kind of need that time to really fully sample a decision to kind of ensure it's the right thing for them. That's, that's so great. So then, you know, for whatever your authority is, what are your tips? Like, so I'm a projector, Ali's a generator. 
For anybody who's not there yet, what are your tips for how a projector can tap into their intuition or a generator can tap into their gut, right? Like, is there anything that you can suggest for people to really tap into what their authority is? Yeah. And it's all practice, but I think that it's such a reminder and like you guys can support each other in this because is that like none of us are meant to make decisions from our minds. None of us, like we have super powerful minds. It's not to dismiss the value. It's more that our minds are here to like offer inspiration to other people, but not here to resolve all of our own stuff, you know? And so I think for, so if you guys ever find each other, be like, yeah, we should have this guest on because like, you know, we should do this. And they've asked whatever it is like that's not your gut or your intuition speaking like that is just like this thing feels right I just have a hit I don't know why we'll figure it out later so I think for you Allie those specific questions is a really useful way to kind of get you out of your head and into the gut of like my partner has a similar design to you and like if I ask him where he wants to go to dinner he gives me like a blank stare obviously in quarantine we have no flexibility to go to dinner but like instead I'll be like do you want me to make you know cauliflower or sweet potato like giving him options basically allows him to have an immediate response mm-hmm. and I think for you Allie knowing that it's so visceral so in your gut basically whenever anything is presented to you I would really just like check it in with your body and be like am I feeling pulled towards this thing or am I feeling like contraction away and starting to kind of know that like unless it's a full body yes it's just like not yet not now you know and then I think for you Erica like the intuition is of all the ways of making decisions, it's the absolute quietest. And so I think having a practice of like meditation going for walks, if you can, like yoga, whatever it is, things that just like help you get really quiet with yourself and just kind of like hear these, like, it sounds like you're pretty tuned into it, but hear these like kind of just like intuitive alerts you have about people or the podcast, whatever you're working on. And just know that like your work is to just act. And so if you ever find yourself questioning it or like, just like know that you're actually meant to be incredibly spontaneous, you know? And so just like owning that as much as possible. But I think a lot of your work is getting quiet enough to even hear it. You know, often the more you listen, like the louder it becomes. And then for anyone who's emotional, like for me, I would just say like, pay attention to your in, like immediate sense about something, but then like make it a rule that you give yourself 24 hours, two days, three days before you actually commit. Because clarity for people like me, it comes with time. It's not in the moment. And like, I can't tell you how many times I've committed in the moment. And then be like the next day, be like, I don't want to do that. You know? And so just knowing the emotional people, like they need to ride something out before they get clear. I think that's, that's so great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I'm curious, you know, you've had human design as a part of your life and now your work for a few years. And um, how has it changed other than the way that you use it, like as you've described within your own relationships, how has it being a part of your life really changed your life? Do you find that, you know, even in your work, you feel more satisfied like what I would say since it's come into your life how has it really transformed your life I think that like it really has allowed me to just like be myself in such a greater way but I also think like whatever our authority is in human design whatever our type is like none of us are really meant to like control how it all happens you know what I mean like so much of the work is actually just like surrendering and like being fully in trust and so I think that for me I've just like known that my work is to make one aligned decision at a time and like trust that will take me all the way there you know and I think I didn't have that trust before and like I used to be like, oh, like I want to be here in five years or create this list. And like, it's just, it's never going to work that way. And so I think for me, I just have a bit more trust in how it's all going to unfold because if I'm like, okay, I'm really feel courageous in what I'm doing in my work and in my relationship and with my family, then like, it's all going to unfold perfectly. And so I think that it's really allowed me to kind of just ensure that I'm aligned in the moment and know that like, that's the best I can do. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so we always ask our guests a few questions. 
Of course. And um, our first one for you is going to be, what does your personal self-care look like? So it's a little bit different. You know, I, I don't know when this will be released, but so many of us are at home and have been home for a month now or three weeks. Um, I think that like I've really taken this time as much as possible to just like rest, you know, especially as a projector, like not sleeping with an alarm for like my first time ever, which has been so nice. I think in general, like always have my meditation practice. I always move my body in the morning. Um, I, you know, practice Kundalini and also really carve out time to just like connect with my partner. You know, that feels good for my own mental health and wellness, you know, in the evening. So, um, but yes, I think I always just have space in the morning to really just reconnect. And I think that I'm really trying to take this time to just like really honor the like ebbs and flows of my energy, the projector and like not force all the doing. I love that. I love that so much. And I'm definitely going to take some of that in. I love not waking up to an alarm. I haven't done that in, I got my like clock, my internal clock to really work for me. So I haven't used an alarm unless I have to wake up really, really early in a couple of years. And it's been lovely. Um, Amazing. I'm like really so under it, but I'm still waking up a little bit later. Than yeah. No, damn. That's yeah. Seriously. Um, so the last question we ask everybody as we wrap up is, is there a book that has been particularly inspirational to you along your journey? It can be on this topic or on anything else. Um, that's just been an inspiration to you that you would recommend to our listeners. Yeah, I just read, and I know a lot of people have just read this. I just read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And it was just like so good. Like she's just so like quirky and wonderful. And I like found her human design because it gave me so much context under when I was reading the book. But like, it just is such a powerful book and really in its own way, really inspiring people to be courageous to just be themselves. You know what I mean? And like not feel like they need to like be something that they're not. And so it just felt so aligned for me and so aligned with the work that I do. And, and she just like has so many beautiful stories. So that one was one that just like really hit my heart in a big way. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today, Erin. And if anybody wants to work with you or learn more about what you, what you do in human design, where can they find you? So I'm Erin Claire Jones everywhere. I share a lot on Instagram, my website. Um, and one of my offerings is a 30 page blueprint that I hand make. And it basically walks you through all the key pieces of your design. So like what we talked about today and so much more. And so we can do a discount for the audience if people want to get their blueprint. That's definitely an amazing place to get started. Um, I also do sessions. I do individual sessions. I do partnership sessions. I do team sessions. So if you want to talk through it and dive deeper, um, all that information is on my website as well. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch through our website, www.courageouswellnesspodcast.com. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness. Courageous Wellness.